This is episode 52 of the Gamer Sushi Show. This week we talk about Sony's new streaming service, the Mass Effect 3 Extended Cut, and close out season 2 of the podcast. Hi, this is episode 52 of the Gamer Sushi Show. I'm Eddie. I'm Jeff. I'm Anthony. And I'm Mersh Shirk. <laughs> yep, that, that's your name. We are... That's not, that's that's not how it's pronounced. Yeah, we're back from a several week break to tell you that this is our season finale and that we're going to take a little bit longer of a break. <laughs> uh, we're, we we're the biggest dicks late. in the world. <laughs> yeah, we, came, we, we decided we'd have a two minute long podcast to tell you that we're not going to have a podcast for three months. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, not- lying, I'm lying about part of that. Jeff wanted it to be two minutes. <laughs> Which part am I lying about? Batman. <laughs> Swear to me. Yeah, they, we realized after we finished the E3 episode that E3 is supposed to be our finale, and we didn't really treat it like one. And then we were like, oh. We were too busy shitting on Nintendo. Yeah, we were like, oh, I guess we should do like a real one so we could like, you know, kind of wrap up a gaming season. Because the summer, there's nothing. No, going on during the summer nothing. it's already really slowing down coming out yeah yeah well and like gaming news is so ridiculous so i mean even you'll see posts on gamer sushi slow down i mean um i don't think i posted at all for a week last week because there, there was i was really busy but also i was like there's nothing really worth you know because when like really big news comes along it makes you stop mm-hmm. if you're busy and you post and uh, i found stuff to post i'm just saying hey great <laughs> that's wonderful for you everybody loves mitch <laughs> mitch is great Hooray, Mercer, sure, sure, sure. Um, so yeah, we uh, there's you. You won't be seeing a ton of posts um, unless you know there's something you know worth talking about um, because everything just stops. Like today, it was news that Halo Four is gonna need an eight gigabyte install. That was news because I got to clear out some room. <laughs> but still, I'm like in 2012. Why is it new? Like every site had this. Like it was a big deal. Like, in 2012, why is it news that a game needs hard drive space? I, I have to admit, I'm kind of surprised when an Xbox 360 game requires a big install. Like, it seems like that's rare. I'm sure that's just uh, rare. Fine, all of you just refute me. It's not, I mean, it's not news. I think it's dumb. They said it's for it's, it's, it's what we've mm. talked about. They try to Spartan stir Ops up the spot. They're like, maybe this will piss everybody off because mm. all the people with four gigabyte uh, hard drives are reading this right now, and they're all going to revolt at once. No, I mean the only game that I I've, Halo, I'm out of here. <laughs> the only thing I've had to install recently was Kingdoms of Amalur, and that still runs kind of choppy at points. Like they were like, "Hey, so uh, this will this will run better if you install it," and it's still just like every once in a while, it's just sort of thinking a little bit too hard. So I don't know, but yeah, that to I, me that's an outlier. Like I'm used to P- PlayStation Three games and uh, needing an install. Uh, like the um, Free games on PSN Plus that were last month. It took like an hour to install. Yeah, I was about to say, how long did those take to it download took, and it took, install? Well, okay, about it took a, like, about a month. It took hours. <laughs> it took hours and hours to download um, the Ratchet and Clank game, and I want to say either that or Little Big Planet Two literally took an hour and a half to install. Jeez. Yeah, I, I would I like to so do it overnight, like off, yeah. and just wake up in the morning before work and turn my PlayStation off. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. I was like why is this like isn't it just decompressing <laughs> you know like why did that take so long but uh i don't know see i wouldn't want to leave my playstation on overnight i read something somewhere that it it 
it uses the same it has like the same power output of like a small like a mini fridge <laughs> so I was like, "F that." Well, you so you can set the PS3 to turn off after a certain, like, automatically turn off. So that's that's what I did. You know? Yeah, yeah, you can set it to turn off automatically after it downloads and everything. I just I always unplug it completely from the the wall because I'm paranoid about fire starting and stuff like that. I don't like the fact that lights are still on even when I turn it off. I'm old fashioned, okay? So well, those um, did establish that you're those, those are called energy vampires. <laughs> <laughs> they actually and are. You need that to get a name. gold surge protector to protect the, against no, that, goblins. Well, no, it's the energy vampires, the things that still suck power even though they're turned off. Yeah, that's why I unplug them. I'm like, yep. I, my, the 360, the Wii, uh, PS3, the only thing that stays plugged in is my HDTV because that'd be too much of a pain in the ass. Don't laugh at me, but it's a real term. <laughs> oh, no, no, I know it is. Like, And that's sure. one of the reasons. That's the other reason I do it is I want to. Um, I hate vampires. Mm, that's true. You are descended from Abraham Lincoln. Okay, it yes. doesn't help my case that ener- that the first entry for energy vampires is about people that drain your energy, and the second entry is psychic vampires. Nice. The third entry is the legit one. <laughs> on Oprah.com. That, so, that makes sense. Whoa, nice. that's not on Oprah.com. It's on Energy Star, but maybe he, it's because in has Canada. Can, he has Canadian this is, Google. Yeah, yeah. This, is Cana- the, yeah this is Canadian. See? Go- Oprah.com. Go- Google. Google. <laughs> nice. Really, well, you can you can find out a way to fit like Moosegull. You can do that. <laughs> Google. Since we are talking kind of about hard drive space and uh, hardware and stuff, I guess I can make a really ham-fisted segue. Clumsy, <laughs> slow words coming from Eddie's mouth into uh, kind talking. of. I guess the biggest news. Uh, yes, talking. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest news. That's kind of come out this week is um, Sony's purchase of Gaikai. Gaikai. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. It's it's a it reminds Jap- me of Japanese Highlight from Mad yeah. Men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So Sony's purchase of Gaikai. That was um, a big E3 rumor right before E3 hit. Um, I guess a few weeks back, and everyone was expecting a big announcement for it. Um, but it finally came out that Sony's purchased them. And I was reading some article talking about how Sony literally posted like it's like one of its worst financial years ever this year, um, and they're like hemorrhaging cash. Well, in part, it's not. It's the way their business is structured. It's oh, not yeah, the yeah, game, yeah. game. It's that there are so many. Yeah, it's not things. the game thing. Yeah. It's it's yes, the Sony as a whole, mm-hmm. like Sony, like global Sony. Um, like they'll put this in their TVs, and you know, right, right, they, right, can, right. they can do all kinds of things with this. Yeah, like they're so they're like they're just hemorrhaging money. So the fact that they're spending three hundred eighty million dollars to acquire somebody um, is kind of a big deal. That they're hedging hedging a lot of their business on it. And yeah, not just for not just for gaming, but for their TVs. Um, what's his face? Michael Pactor says that he thinks it's just for TVs, not for their gaming. Well, he's always right. So. <laughs> he is a hundred percent track record. We we should totally not even discuss this now because it's settled. <laughs> I I think I would be very surprised if it doesn't have anything to do with backwards compatibility because they got so much shit for that. And if if like it, I don't think that would make sense to spend money just on that because it's like getting people happy about old games is not the way to make new money. But yes. um, I, I I think that if they don't implement it to do that as well as whatever they think will actually make money, then they're kind of missing the point too. How much would you pay for a Netflix streaming type of service that let you play like the entire PlayStation backlog? I'd play as much as I mean seriously I, a lot. I'd I'd pay like 
no, seriously, like, well, I mean, yeah, twenty bucks a month. Netflix. I think is yeah, reasonable. I'd pay yeah. ten to twenty dollars a month yeah. if I could pay any PS One through PS Three well, game well, and I, stream it. I also think that would be a lot. That, you would get a lot more value for that than you do for GameFly because. Oh yeah, I you're mean, not waiting several yeah, days. Not, not wait like the, the turnaround. Like that's the thing. I, I think that's really what plus it's old games that you can't get anymore. And yeah. if like, if Sony did this, they'd be smart to go to every publisher ever. And say, hey, I think the rights, I, the rights, would, the rights would be tough to Microsoft. Get. I put your game on this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they'd <laughs> have a hard well, except for except for them and Nintendo. They should go to everybody and say, hey, put your games on. Well, this. Th- I mean, I mean, that is the one downside is that the the rights for games I think will be harder to get than, than the well, rights. I for think movies, that's the but, reason that yeah. everything isn't on PSN already is because of rights. Yeah, rights yeah. issues. You well, know, that but, and they they have to do a lot of crazy things to actually port it to the yeah. PSN. There but if you're just trying to port it, hardware. Oh, if, if you're streaming it, then it's like it's all server side. So you exactly. can even, like, the the if there's bugs or something like that, then you can fix them server side. You know, it's, right? It and also, um, uh, like I said, you could just you know you could get Atari games on there. We could be playing Pitfall on your HD TV. Imagine how great that would look. So, so you know, it is it is. I guess it is technically possible that that these game re-releases are actually reasonably profitable, but because they've been pretty common recently, all those HD yeah. remasters, those must have been making money because they keep getting released. So, yeah. I mean, it, it feels like it can't be the only reason to to do it, but I have to question how much money there is in that. I mean, sure, like I would like there to be more. Sort of, you know, in my ideal world, you'd have a basically a Criterion collection for video games, where you get like the ultimate uh-huh. you know, remastered version of a classic game with like, you know, kind of like what they did with the uh, Monkey Island games. But that that requires investment and extra work. Yeah, you know? that's that's the one of the, Another uh, possible reason is you know the architecture on the PS3 is kind of funky, and right. allegedly yeah. for the PS4 Orbis or whatever, there's you know simplifying it making it a little bit easier so they could be the ps3 the ps4 backwards compatible with ps3 games without having to do some funky stuff to the ps4 yeah well that's the thing is that yeah that was the whole thing is including the hardware so they wouldn't have to include yeah i mean potentially they're saving hardware costs here too right um that they could they could either charge less for their machine or charge what everyone else is charging and have a better machine right right you know um yeah and and I guess to a certain degree, it, it has to come up. You know, it, it's kind of a uh, even if it necessi- isn't necessarily a moneymaker to sell old games. It I feel like it has to be a um, it's a brand value for brand one value thing. Yeah, and yeah. And, and like uh, you know, it's good publicity. It, it makes people yeah. happy. You know, I, I don't. I mean, we were completely speculating about what it could be, but I can't see how this could be a bad thing. Yeah. No, know, I I, I, def- I I definitely don't think it's a bad thing. I just. I do wonder what else they might do with it. You know what I mean? Like that—that's—that's yeah. that's kind of what we're talking. Like, is all the money in just selling us old games, or is there something else they'll do with it? Yeah. The streaming trying- thing. The streaming thing is exciting. Are I they think. trying to? Are they trying to um, nip on live in the bud? Because I, I I know that on live seems like it works pretty. I've never used it, but I know that it seems like it works pretty well. It just doesn't seem like it's very widespread. Well, that's well, that's one thing I was reading about um, the difference between Gaikai and on live is on like. Gaikai is more realistic about where the internet is right now mm. and everyone's access to, to high speed. Um, like on live treats it like, oh, everyone can just play HD games at full, and that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Gaikai is, they're very kind of shy about the way they talk about that. 
um, that they that they're very they're a little bit more reserved. They talk about it as like a compliment to your gaming. Mm-hmm. Like here's a way to play games you don't have access to, or here's a way to demo some games mm-hmm. that you're not sure about. Like that's the way they treat it. So it's interesting that Sony set their sights on them as opposed to on live. It, it just this thing I was reading was speculating and talking about how. It seems like that must mean that Sony's perception of it matches up. And Anthony, I know that you're, you know, me and you had a thing about like the all digital future, and this seems like a good halfway step because this yeah, this is this for is consoles step like direction. it's not quite there yet, you know? Right. Yeah, because we we don't know what kind of crazy restrictions these guys are going to place on developers. I mean, look how hard it is just get a game published on Xbox Live or something like that, you know? So. Uh, for them to stream things, we don't know what they're going to require publishers to do and stuff like that. So it's not going to be just as good as Steam. It should be it, if they were smart, but mm. it'll be different in some really annoying ways, I'm sure. So that's why I'm kind of like, yeah, about it. But yeah. this seems like a step in the right direction. So. Well, now, what's interesting? Also, or, or sorry, you keep going. You go. I, I was just going to say, it, I, it makes me wonder like, what business model makes more sense a monthly fee to get a, you know all you can eat or. Um, buying some <clears throat> specific games that you can then play forever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wonder what, what way makes more sense. It seems like you want people to be able to test out your games, but do you force them to, to buy the discrete units to, to keep playing? That just seems like that'd be frustrating. I don't know. But I have to wonder, like, you know, because that, that's the thing about movie streaming. Like, you know, uh, you pay a monthly fee, you, you watch an hour and a half long movie, I'm sure most people don't actually get their money's worth from streaming. I know I don't get my money's worth from streaming. I I, I haven't. I'll have I'll have months where I get my money's worth, and then I'll go like several months where I don't. Exactly, exactly. So so that pays off pretty well for movies. I have to wonder how it pays off for yeah. games. You know, yeah, I'd wonder that too. Like it, that that's the thing. Like fourteen year old kid who plays you know games all the time and has all the free time in the world is probably going to be the outlier that god really... if that existed that would be so awesome to be like 14 again yeah no exactly <laughs> like, and, and being like, home all summer they're, they're gonna be the kid that ruins their business model yeah like the the people they want are people like us who don't actually have time to play games yeah <laughs> yeah no I'll, I'll play all those castlevania and final fantasy games i'll get around to it three months later like, oh, okay. like wow subscribers who haven't played wow for six months but don't cancel it just because they just let it run yeah just oh, feed into it <laughs> i mean i'm bad enough about netflix like I, I i keep netflix out of almost nostalgia at this point because i've had a membership since like 2003 but <laughs> nick was sending me a thing um kind of talking about the digital transition or whatever like he was sending me a thing where who was it someone big was saying that they think that the all digital whatever is still like one to two or still like two generations out and it's like, huh, well, Sony sure doesn't think so because they're making a transition with this. And then EA was talking about how, like, I forget the exact numbers, but how much their digital sales made up a huge percentage of their profits last this past year or already this year. Mm-hmm. And how um, retail sales for a bunch of different, like, game publishers and companies and stuff have dropped, like, by by 25 to 50% like the are starting this year which is kind of nuts. Um so I don't think it's like right around the corner but I think to saying that it's two generations out might be underestimating. No yeah that's that's kind of silly. I I think it's this this next generation This but, is our transition generation. Yeah yeah like I I think by the end of the next generation it will be full formed. 
I was also reading something else that, where, where is it? Um, where Square is saying that one Blu-ray may be insufficient for next gen. And I'm wondering, like, good lord, <laughs> like, how big are these games going to be? Yeah, how big are these games going to be? Yeah, and what are, what are they? Like, Fifty gigs isn't enough. <laughs> I don't. I, that's the thing. Like, I, I kind of wonder. It seems kind of silly to keep topping the graphics and keep topping. Like, what are they going to do? That's going to be re- re- so much better that it requires that much more space. Are they just like we're going to make it even prettier? I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Well, also, videos are uh, videos are huge. I, that's part of the reason why Xbox 360 games like take up so many discs now. Like Max Payne is like three or four discs or something. Well, in theory, on, shouldn't, shouldn't it get to the point where they don't need to put videos and that it's just all like pre-rendered? Yeah. No, or it, not it, it, or not pre-rendered. It, it's it, no, it's in, all in, in engine, but in it's engine, also yeah. pre-rendered, which is weird. Oh, the way that Max silly. Payne Three works. That's silly. See, like that's the thing. My my, my feeling is See, that... that's a barrier to switching to all digital when you have games that are that huge. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can't you can't sit there and download a fifty gig game. God, no, no, nobody, nobody would like. Yeah, not only would it take days and days, yeah. but nobody's gonna have a hard drive big enough to have more than one game. Yeah. Like that may be the other thing that. Uh, Sony is doing like okay, so you don't want to download a fifty gig game, but you could stream it. You'd, yeah. be, you'd be fine with that, you know. If it's not filling up your hard drive, you 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 know don't have to worry about the space. Like that that's the thing. Like I I just paid for iTunes Match um, on my phone, and I realized that right now I have a thirty two gig hard drive on my iPhone because I I need that space for the twenty gigs of music I have on there. But with iTunes Match, you know, you don't actually have to store all the music on your phone. I could actually be happy with a half, half-size hard drive, and and in theory, that's what we should be moving for, you know, towards like not needing that local storage space to store all those assets. Like streaming them actually makes a lot more sense, you know, like it. Like, Am I kind of a crusty old fart that I kind of don't trust cloud anything? No, I don't trust cloud anything either. And like, I, I, like, I, like I you can either. save you can save games to the cloud on the 360, but I'm afraid to do no, it. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> like, no, I save I, it I on the cloud, that. but then I save it on my hard drive too. So, I'm like, so, well, what so if? just just like, to well, be clear, just be clear, I, I have my Mac Mini that has all my music on it. I'm not yeah. getting rid of no, that. No, I'm not, I, I, so, I know you're not. But I, I understand what I'm you're saying. Like, I, like how I don't save Photoshop files and 12 on the maximum setting. I don't know why. Like, it scares me. Um. I, and I'm not arguing for like you know, not yeah, having you. local copies, but it, it definitely makes sense for stuff like, yeah, okay, it would be annoying if I paid sixty bucks for a game that only lived in the cloud and then it went away. Yeah. But if I was paying a monthly fee to have access to a service that gave me access to those games, it wouldn't be a big deal if it went away. Went away because yeah. you know per, from per, from the perception, I wasn't paying for just that one game, so. I mean that's that's why I think it would be a more ideal situation to be sort of subscribing and essentially renting everything and streaming it. Well, what's crazy about like Netflix streaming is that there are certain movies or shows that I want to buy, but they're on streaming, so I feel like I own them mm. because I can just watch them whenever. Watch them whenever you want, yeah. And you wouldn't go out and buy it on on disc because of that. Yeah, like I mean, right I- now I've I, I own Breaking Bad on Blu-ray, but it's more convenient for me to start up Netflix. And watch them there hmm. when I'm holding a baby. 
You know what I mean? Like, so that you don't have to mess with discs, and you know what I mean? Like, that makes sense. And I can navigate between episodes without having to switch a disc. You know what I mean? Like, I can hop from like the beginning of the season and jump Mm -hmm. to the end of the season and watch that. You know. Well, also, so now now that Amazon Instant Video is actually like, you know, viable on the consoles and and it it like I didn't really like the way it worked on TiVo. I really like being able to you know buy episodes of a show and stream them. I've started doing that. Like I've done that with Eureka and, um, and this show called awkward. Uh, you know, it's, it's stuff you'd only get on cable. Um, I'm more willing to do that for whatever reason than I used to be. Like, I, I think it's the way I was thinking about it is like when I was paying for cable, I was really only paying to rent those shows in the first place. So yeah. if there, if there's shows that I wouldn't buy on disc anyway, I actually don't mind paying a couple bucks to have something that only exists in the cloud. Yeah. You know, because like, I'm still paying less than I was for, for cable. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, I think the other big topic of news, that was, that was a good discussion, guys. I contributed mm. like two sentences. <laughs> Shut up. We're like in, in Canada. We don't have movies streamed because they just I, don't. I was going to say, I can't wait to see what sort of truncated bullshit version of this comes <laughs> to Canada. <laughs> You get like one game and it's ten years old. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I just read. Sorry, I'm about to turn this into something different, but I just read Microsoft's like total BS response to the Gaikai acquisition. They're like, we're already doing cloud uh-huh. because they yeah. allow people to save. I'm like, shut up! That's They're saying Xbox Live. I'm like, God, you yeah. guys are. <laughs> well, did you hear what they said? They also just said today that the Wii U is just basically a 360. That's not right. No. Yeah, uh, hold on. I just saw 360 this. 360 can't do 60 frames per second on Assassin's Creed 3. <laughs> <laughs> it can't play uh, games on a controller screen. Yeah. Um, a couple but of it other can things. With smart glass. All right, we're done with that. <laughs> yeah. No, it can't. Smart glass is just for using apps. No, Anthony, no. Smart glasses Segway. for dumbs. It's dumb. The dumb other, glass. What whole? Okay. The other big news thing, I guess, this week was the Mass Effect Extended Cut DLC, which is kind of our big game topic for tonight. Um, big game. Yeah, not game time. Just <laughs> big game. Big nope, game. That's not. <laughs> that's not a new soundbite. Time game. Time big game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do this for the next fifteen minutes, and then we'll, then we'll call it a night. We should just be um, silent for 15 minutes and then have like a one-word conversation and see if people listen to the whole thing. No, that's yeah. just because you're good at being silent. That's not fair. Well, the rest of us aren't good at that. It wins. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So the Mass Effect 3 Extended Cut DLC um, came out in this last week, and people were playing that. And I guess we we're going to talk about that a little bit because it's what people are doing, what mm, the kids are doing. The kids. Um, I tried to play it and it failed <laughs> so i didn't start where ea said to start because i was like whatever i can start wherever i want and i just assumed it's like other dlc and it's just there but it wasn't so i spent an hour beating the game again and didn't get to see the ending and i just went and watched it on youtube and felt like a failure so see that's why i just watched on youtube in the first place because the day it came out i was like super psyched for it and then the further the, the day went along i was just like you know what i'm not gonna play the last three hours of this game just Let's, to see a new ending they wanted you to play three hours of the game are you serious yeah, yeah. they wanted you yeah, they, they want, want you to play to start... from cerberus headquarters yes. all the way through to the end of the game yeah which is that's kind of crap 
I mean, even if you throw it on narrative, that's still like hour and a half to get through all the like talking. Yeah. Okay. Since Anthony's the only person that actually played played it and experienced it the way it was meant to be experienced, Nerd. I'm gonna let Anthony talk about it first, and then Mitch, you can talk about what all the endings are since Jeff hasn't seen any of them. After Anthony talks about his, yeah, I made I made the conscious choice also because I, you know, kind of busy lately to, to not watch them because I, I I was perfectly happy with how it ended before. I didn't really feel like it was necessary. You should watch them just so. just just to see. I will eventually. Then, so I, I like I want you guys you to I want you guys to tell me about. I want, no, I want you guys to tell me about them because that's you know I'm lazy. All right, well I'll, I'll I want to hear Anthony's I, first. Yeah, I did not. Um, what do you want me? What do you want me to to explain? Just what I played and saw through my ending or what mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay um i did not uh start before the cerberus base because uh fuck them i started going to earth uh so that's what i did just after the Cerberus base. didn't notice anything different granted it's been a couple months since i played there might have been a few superficial different things uh dialogue or, or something didn't notice anything different until you get to the part where you charge towards um the, the beam of light. They all charge towards the thing, and then like uh, a, a, a truck of some sort of vehicle gets launched towards your party members, in my case, Garrus and Liara, and then one of them gets injured, and then Shepard stops in the middle of this chaotic, you know, take no prisoners charge, and uh, calls in Joker to evac them, tells them to get out, that they're just gonna either, he needs someone, you can either say, I need someone to survive, or, you know, you're just gonna slow me down. So then they take off, and that's how they are back on the ship for when, you know, the Normandy escapes. Okay, see, um, stuff like stuff like that is is hilarious to me because this is what we talked about before that, like, stopping everything at that moment and giving a minute long explanation about, oh, hey, here's where the Normandy was and why it, it wasn't it, it wasn't exactly where it was where you thought it was. Da, 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 da. Like it's just a total shutdown of. All momentum. Honestly, that's the kind of shit that we get cut in, in yes. a movie. Like they'd yep, be like, "This exactly. does this. This is awful. This cut this out. They don't need to sequence. explain this." Yeah, yeah. It, it, it kills the. It did kill the momentum because that thing where you're charging was so cool. That's a great like, moment. It was just. It was such a great moment because you're like, "Holy shit, this is it!" And then you know, and then they like, "Okay, so, so you get there, into the Citadel. The same the stuff with the elusive man is sadly the same. Those things still don't. The things that didn't make sense before, like the two voices the fact that like shepherd when um anderson is shot both shepherd and anderson grunt and they're bleeding from the same place all of a sudden that stuff's still not explained but anyways yeah so you get to the ending the catalyst you get to ask him all these questions where he explains that he mentions that somebody built him but he says but he doesn't go into the details of who that is which is fine they don't need to go that back that far with exposition but he mentions that the Reapers didn't want to be turned originally either. Whoever the first pe- race was before they were Reapers, they didn't want to be turned either. So he's kind of like hinting that he's a rogue AI, which as you were, as he's explaining all this stuff, you know, I picked the destroy ending first. I was still going to pick it no matter what. But after him, after basically figuring out that he's a rogue AI, I was like, yeah, you're all going to die. Yeah, all y'all. <laughs> yeah, all y'all going to die. So you do that, uh, or you hear Hackett like, uh, tell everybody to retreat so that's why the normandy is fleeing the mass effect relays are severely damaged but they are not destroyed um you your crew crash lands on the the, the ship uh are on that jungle planet one of the like where it's a really sad it's I, I did like that they put this in there's a really touching moment where they're looking at all the names on the normandy of the dead that's in all three endings yeah 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 
And this one, though, whoever it is, in this my case, it was Liara. She it's did your not. love. It's your love interest. Yeah, your love interest. And um, she does not put Shepard's name up on the the thing. She sort of just caresses it. And somebody from Bioware confirmed that in that ending, Shepard is alive because that's the one where he wakes up later in the rubble. Yeah. Um. So that was like I guess her expressing hope that he would still be alive. And then the Normandy flies off, and that's that's it. And you know that show you, really show touching. You, they show you like the like the Krogans are rebuilding. Like yeah, they show you little, little flashes of like the Krogans like rebuilding, rebuilding. So so I'm just gonna guess and say that the extended endings are all just extra business that you could cut for time. And, yeah. And, like none of pretty, it is actually pretty crucial. much. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like some random character giving some exposition. Cause with like kind um, of moving stills, I guess if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was like these weird, the thing is the way I felt after seeing it was I was fine with the endings the way they were before. But if this was what they were trying to convey with those endings, they did in some cases fail miserably like this was a much better ending in terms of granting closure and, and stuff like that. Like the scene, like I said, the scene with the plaque and the the crew with the shepherd's name and everything that was very touching, very heartfelt. I really liked that part. Um, the rest of it is, eh, it's okay. You know, kind of like, like they were like going off a checklist. Okay, we got to explain this. We got yeah, exactly. That. The we rest gotta... of it, the rest of it to me was kind of like this is almost like a. Uh... Like when, uh, like at the end of Final Fantasy IX or something, when it just texts about like, and then this happened, and then this happened. I'm like, this is kind of what this feels like, just a fancier version, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, like kind of goes over. It, yeah, it just kind of goes over how like each ending affects like every race in the galaxy, but they're all kind of similar. Just like one or two things change. Like if you pick synergy, then everyone has like glowing green eyes and they're half computer or something. And if you pick control, then Shepard turns into Reaper Jesus. <laughs> Which yeah. is basically what happens because he gives him. That's the only thing I haven't seen. So tell yeah, me what happens him, to that one. So if you pick control, then he chooses to control the Reapers, and he gives like an ending monologue where he kind of has like a Reaper voice explaining that he now controls the Reapers, and because Shepard was such an awesome dude in real life, that the Reapers are now going to protect the organic races of the galaxy, and it shows the Reapers like helping the re- the races rebuild the mass relays and all the destroyed worlds, and that's how it ends. There's. Yeah, so, that, yeah I, that's I, a control I like ending. that part. I like that ending because it's partly like neat because Shepard's like, I will watch over my friends. But it's also kind of creepy because he's like, I'm going to watch over my friends. <laughs> yeah. You know? It seems like, like there's overlap I, between the different endings because the, yeah. the green the and the blue one have a lot, of, a lot in common then where the Reapers are helping rebuild. Um, one thing yeah, I ba- liked about... Basically, the only difference is like people aren't like half or half organic half synthetic yeah. in the uh control ending what i like about the green ending i actually really liked the green ending a lot <laughs> what was funny about the green ending was it because kind of like how you said for years that you like this one better and whatever jeff you did the green ending in the actual game right uh synthesis synthesis yes, yes. yeah See, I felt about this one exactly what you just said. Like, I was like, oh, this is a good ending. But everything about it, because of what the original ending implied, I were connections I made on my own. Right. You know, that like, oh, life is going to be different now. Like, they are now combined. They are new. Like, they're starting a new, this is like a new genesis for everything in this universe. And like, that's pretty much what the ending did. Um, what I liked about it was... Edie is narrating it, and she's saying, I'm alive, and Edie is the one narrating the whole ending, which I thought was kind of a neat little touch. That was a really... I like that part. That was very touching as well. Again, these these all... I mean, they sound like interesting changes with, like, some some nuance to it, but as far as closure goes, I felt like I got all the closure I wanted to from 
all the other endings that like I feel like the game is full of endings. Yeah. You, you know, like Yeah, yeah. Oh the whole you, the whole the, the whole game before. is like a series yeah. a series of endings, like personal relationships ending, um like on and on and on down the list. And so I, I did not feel at all cheated by the original ending and I'm kinda you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily believe that uh, creators know what they're doing when they go back and try and change something after it's already finished, like, half the time. Well, especially the, what what bugged me, the change that they made was the mass relays, because I'm like, they just did this, like, they, like they're like they shying away from this. Yeah. It was, a, know, like, right, exactly. It was, a, it was a much stronger choice to have them just destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Jeff, did you know that there's a new ending? There's a fourth ending now. Yes, the fourth ending is kind of badass. I think. Yeah. So, so tell me. The, I, I kind of yeah vaguely read about it, but I didn't get much yeah, detail. So what's the fourth this ending? Is, this is my this is my new favorite ending. So I, I'll contact the lead on this one. The new fourth ending is basically when you go to talk to the catalyst, he gives you the three options. There's a couple ways you can trigger this, but one that I know that works for certain is if you shoot the catalyst when you're given the choice to choose between the three things, nice. then he says so be it, and the crucible doesn't fire, and the reapers wipe out all life in the galaxy and then it cuts to an underground bunker showing liara's hologram explaining the the hologram that she recorded with you like earlier in the game explaining yeah. like everything that you learned over the last three games and then the next cycle after yours breaks the cycle so you sac you sacrifice your entire so it's cycle the dar- it's sure. the dark tower yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the darkest timeline no no i Sorry. No, I know it's a, a Stephen King thing. I haven't yeah. read that yet. Yeah. I just ruined it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I don't want to read like sixteen. <laughs> that gets yeah. the rest no, that's that's I, an I, interesting. I thought, I thought that ending was awesome when I when yeah. I watched it. It's like okay, this yeah, one's that's, pretty cool. that's my new favorite ending because it's just basically like it just takes the three other endings that nobody liked and just discards them and makes up a new one, which I thought was kind of badass. Well, that's kind of cool. No, I think that's much more. Interesting. I thought it was neat. It's not the right ending for me, but I did. I, I like the inclusion of it. Yeah. For me, the right, the only possible ending was destroy the Reapers. Well, I yeah, okay, I like especially the idea. Be, like I said, after finding out that this thing is a rogue AI, um, and you say con- I think if you do control and destroy, I think he gets a little pissed. Like he's really insistent on synthesis. Like he's very insistent, and I was just like, ah, I'm a little suspicious about that. So. Yeah, it's, they changed they changed some of his dialogue to make him sound like less of like a god and more of like an AI program. Yeah, yeah. it's creepy in the fourth ending when he says "so be it" because his voice changes to like Reaper voice. And he's like "so yeah. be it." I was like, "Oh god," <laughs> I was like, "That's nice, creepy." Nice. Well, I was just gonna say I like the idea of the the cycles. I, I feel like they didn't really yeah. play with that very yeah. much until the third game, and so that's that's what's interesting about that fourth ending is that it plays back into the cycle. Like you know, cha- changing these things takes time. I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, Jeff, that's why I like that's why I like the fourth ending because why does it have to be Shepard's game that breaks the cycle? Why can't you set it up for the next one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's just been all these cycles building and building towards defeating the Reapers. Jeff, did you see that uh, the Molly new thing that I posted about him talking about the never-ending dev cycle? Wait. Where he's saying uh, his quote is like, I think that we as authors of stories and entertainment, we have to stand by our decisions and justify them and take the rough with the smooth. If people don't like it, you can't just go and change it because if you have any sense of authorship, you're playing through a plan. Mm-hmm. So, And then he goes on to talk about that there's no end of development. You used to release a game and that was it. You were done. It was in the box. Now you release a game and there's the possibility and technology allows you to change it and dev cycles just never stop. You're never able to move on to new projects the way you I were. Think, I, I think authors are always tempted to change things, like, and it's it's kind of a, a bad. Oh, it's thing. George Lucas. Yeah, know. no, exactly. Like yeah. seriously, like technology has made it possible to re- redo stuff that people should not redo. You know, like it's way too easy. Like definitely speaking from experience, it's way too easy to to second guess your choices as far as like 
you know the 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 writing you did before the the ending that you had before that you know you're not sure about and i don't think it's a good thing to give into that that impulse like it's rare that the quote-unquote director's cut is actually better than the original you know like can you think of like uh, there's probably maybe blade like, runner i feel like is, is a Bla- example like, where it actually is yeah kingdom of heaven i had never, I've saw never seen a version of that yeah. but it's way better than the theatrical cut that's what i've heard I've maybe Bra- brazil I still I've never seen Brazil. I think but it's it's in those cases where like that's the thing those the reason those directors cuts worked is because there was a lot of interference. Yeah. So I feel like that's that's the thing like um, Yeah, if it's if it's something where like they're just they take the film away from you and they right, you know, right. edit it. Now it could be like, argued that that was the case with Mass Effect 3 though. Mm. That um because there was uh, the interference with their, their vision from yeah, from EA that um like I haven't read the final hours of Mass Effect, but I hear that it's kind of strongly implied that they were up against, you know, that they were just up against the meat grinder, like trying to finish this game, and the ending was the thing that they didn't, not necessarily skimped on, but it was the thing that got the least attention. I feel like that would be one of the first things that I would work on. Oh yeah, you know it, seemed, it yeah, seems like, like it'd be like, one of those things like that you would really nail down. Important. You know, uh, like I said, not there. Don't know what happened. I would have done that first. <laughs> So, yeah, it's just an interesting discussion because that, like, kind of Jeff, you were talking about the idea of second guessing. Like, when we were working on, like, like part of like creating stuff and making stuff like that is that you have to know when to call it quit, like when to call it quits, because otherwise you could fiddle with it forever. Right. You know, um, like I'm, like you could just sit there, and, like it's never perfect. You know what I mean? Like you could sit there and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak. So the I, so that that because the technology exists to allow people to go back and do it now. Mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah, I feel like it's not always a great thing. Um, I don't know, like when we were doing kind of like, like Elite World and Web Zeros and stuff. Like the only way to like have ever gotten those episodes out was you just have to hit a, a cutoff point. Otherwise, like every episode would have taken like three months. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> otherwise it's like you have to figure out what's good enough and then like keep going. Well, I mean that that kind of makes me think of um, how. You know, Ahmad dies in the late world, mm-hmm. and then when you guys realized that you were going to have to finish off the show, you decided to bring him back. To, yeah, you know, like that—that that was part of me regrets that decision. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like part of me regrets that. I'm kind of I'm kind of sad about it too because I enjoyed because killing, I liked I, I'd enjoy, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed writing having, the episodes that killed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I enjoyed having a character that like died in the way that he died, mm. and I I really liked what we were going to do. Mm. you know because of all that but but it, yeah i mean that's not exactly the same as like going back and changing it after the fact but you like know, if so we were to make elite world season three and like we just kill like we killed him and yeah. then <laughs> <laughs> kept going you know it's like you made your decision now you just gotta you know you made your bed you had to lie in it right 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 i, I don't know like it, that's that's the thing like it's a fine line to cross. obviously there are situations where you know revisiting it and redoing it can be warranted but even blade runner has had technically like three or four different cuts it says yeah it has so many different versions like so so there was a point at which his tinkering was probably valid but like once he realized that he could keep tinkering he just kind of went overboard with it so you know like and i i think there are a lot more movies that have director's cuts because you can sell it on dvd and and claim it's a special it's it's a marketing thing it's a marketing thing yeah the minute anything comes out the minute prometheus came out people were like oh well i didn't like it i want to see the director's cut oh what about the director's cut of the avengers you know like that's 
it's a marketing thing. People just want to buy it. Mm-hmm. They automatically think uh, it's better. Um, in terms of changing things, it depends on how they go about it. Like if they're like, well, there were some problems with the movie. We need to fix it. The way George Lucas did the special editions is basically it felt like he went through it and be like, instead of saying, oh, this always bothered me. I'm sure there were some things that always bothered him, but yeah. it felt like, what can I change? Yeah, like, what can I do Because I can. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to add when Luke throws himself, spoiler alert, after Vader calls, um, tells Luke he's his father and Luke throws himself off the thing in Cloud City, I'm going to add the Emperor's scream in there. It's, it's, I'm going to add a scream in there, and it's actually the Emperor's scream from Return of the Jedi when he falls down the, the shaft. But I'm going to add in a scream there, which was the fuck Han shooting first. That was the worst change of all. No, where, where, did, he ha- where did he add Darth Vader's no when he re-redid it um, for Blu-ray? In, at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. Right, when he picked up the Emperor. That wasn't that bad. See, the problem with that, with the Luke Skywalker screaming thing is because it was Luke silently saying, I'm not going to join you, I'd rather kill myself. And it was like a huge dramatic thing. Him screaming is suddenly like, why are you screaming? You're the one that jumped. So, but then they took, they did that in the special editions. They took it out when they released it on DVD. So thankfully somebody hit him over the head. Um, But that's my big complaint. But yeah, he just felt like, what can I change? What can I change? If you go back and be like, I want to fix some problems with the movie I had with pacing and this and that, you know. Over or under 10 years before we start getting talk of Star Wars reboot? Re- like reboot? Not talk, like, like, like a legitimate, like, because didn't he hand over the reins recently? He did. Yeah. He's, he's, like, stepping, he's stepping back from, uh, he, he, I think he still wants to keep making um, movies, but he's stepping back from like the, the big LucasArts like Star Wars and everything. Yeah. So maybe maybe it'll take a little bit longer. Maybe he'll have to die first, but over I'm just trying to think about like over under like not not just talking about it but like legitimate like they are making they are rebooting Star Wars. It's going to happen. Oh. No, it's going to It's happen. going to happen. Over 10 years though, I'd say. Over 10? Yeah. Once once the Clone Wars kids, the I'd ones who over, grew up with the cartoons 10. have grown up. Okay. Okay. Because they were already talking about rebooting the Twilight movies. Oh God, that's that's yeah. so well, like they're, what, they're what comes out today? The about... Spider-Man reboot? No, no, no. They that was like something that came up. They said they're not. They said there are no plans right now, and that honestly scares the crap out of me that they even thought that. But I, I feel like that was like sort of a misunderstanding, or someone asked a question about that. But I don't think the studio is legitimately thinking that. And if so, um, I'm gonna build. Well, bomb. it was more that it's their it's their it's their big money. Mm. Yeah. Maker. So it was like, well, we need to reboot it or do a sequel or something, you know? Yeah. Well, they'll just they'll we convince Stephanie Meyer to write more books so that they can like pretend that it's, <laughs> it's like, come on, come up with something. Yeah. We'll make more movies. Yeah. We're, so we're, over we're not years. we're not talking about games right now. <laughs> yeah, I no. think that's pretty much it for the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah. like it. Did we talk about games for the majority of the podcast? I don't think we did. We, yeah, talked, we about talked about three. We, not well, for not the for the majority. Yeah. Jinx. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> you're not allowed to talk until we see each other again. So, so, so you know, you know what game I'm excited about? That's I don't talk out. anyways. I think we'll we'll this this will be around the time that we're going to start podcasting again. Borderlands two. Borderlands two is out in September. Hell yes. Got it so soon. I got to finish other games. We should, no, we should get that on PC so we can stream it. Oh, by the way, we've been streaming Diablo and we're going to start streaming Daisy. So, yes. are we announcing that? We're announcing it. Links, sure. links in the post. Why not? Yeah. Well, I don't know if we'll have the gamer sushi. I, uh, Nick, Nick keeps recording our Diablo streams, but putting them on his own channel. He just needs to do a gamer sushi one and start doing it. 
Yeah, we had a random guy ask if he could join our game <laughs> while we were streaming the other night. Which was we said funny. no. Because <laughs> we're dicks. Denied. Yeah. We don't want to play with you. So so we're going to take a break for the rest of the summer. I, I I suppose like there might be a random one somewhere in there if we decide there's something to talk about. But, but Like if a bunch of crazy stuff happens in August, the first week of August, we might do like a but, but generally special. We're, shoot, we're, we're shooting for sometime around September. Sony released a surprise PS5 mm-hmm. August 9th. The, the yeah. P- no, the PS5 travels back in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You guys remember when we went on that six-month hiatus after Gamer Sushi Weekend and we got a bunch of one-star reviews? Get ready for that again. Mm-hmm. Did we? Don't do this, yes, guys. Yeah, Don't we got a couple one-star reviews. <laughs> the more five-star reviews we get, maybe the quicker we come back. Part of that was, part of that was on Nick. We probably should have just done more podcasts and not released the video one. Yeah. Did we do that? No. No. We probably should have just done no. that. <laughs> I know we missed like that entire like we missed like the fall of 2011, which was one of the biggest falls in the last couple of years. That and then was we good, had the lightning though, round. That gave me that time to good. play those games. We're we're, we're, ge- we're we're geniuses, is what we're saying. So. Oh, we- weren't we just weren't we supposed to do a lightning round about E3? Eh. I forgot about the lightning round. The lightning round was awesome. Lightning round. Lightning round. We we we'll we'll save it for September. We're we're sort okay. of like trailing off now. Yeah, <laughs> we should just end it, cut it off. All right. If you want to follow Gamer Sushi, twitter.com slash gamer sushi. Um, you should rate and review the podcast on iTunes because it, it is sweet. Five, five stars, stars, not one. Always five stars. I should stars. be specific about what you rate it, not <laughs> just rate it whatever. Uh, yeah. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm twitter.com slash Eddie Revis. I'm twitter.com slash unsquare. Twitter.com slash Anthony Taylor underscore. Twitter.com slash MI7CH. If you want to follow enemy terrible number public enemy number one friend of the show, it's uh, Twitter.com slash Nick Camardo. And remember, your drill is the drill that will pierce the heavens. Who the hell do you think we are? the order thank you Marukur Hef should says for her okay right yeah okay
Hi, this is... I don't remember what I normally say. <laughs> this is, do I say this is episode, or hi, this is the Gamer Sushi Show? This is episode show? 52 of the Gamer Sushi Show, right? Okay. I'm Ursha Okay, ready? Yeah. Hi, this is... Oh, no. 